Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Do you ever eat and feel as though you can't even remember what you had? Are there times whilst you're eating dessert and you're already thinking about the next serving whilst not really being present for what you're currently eating? We're going to talk about dissociative eating. The What's Eating You podcast is a series of mental health topics that are designed to make you think, learn, educate and validate. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to today's episode of the What is Eating You podcast. I'm very excited to tap into today because mindless eating is something we've all experienced before or finishing a meal and thinking, gosh, where did that go? How did it go so quickly? But when does it turn into dissociative eating or a more important thing we need to be concerned about? We're going to discuss that. We're going to talk about what is dissociation what is dissociative eating, the link between trauma and dissociative eating. I'm also going to break down dissociative identity disorder and eating disorders. And then we're going to start to talk about how we can get control over eating that feels mindless or out of control. Little disclaimer, this is not intended to be psychological or medical advice. Always speak to a licensed professional. Now, this has come up a few times in my food freedom programs where people describe eating in a dissociated state or eating in a trance-like state, feeling they're not fully present, etc. Now, dissociation is on a spectrum. So dissociation is the experience of disconnection from one's thoughts, feelings, memories, and reality. If you think of dissociation on a spectrum, you've got daydreaming or zoning out, which happens every day for people, and that's completely normal and okay. And then on the far end of dissociation is dissociative identity disorder. 
This is known as multiple personality disorder in the past, but now it's called DID. So if I say DID, it means dissociative identity disorder. Now this is when people switch between alters or personalities and the personalities can actually have distinct eating preferences, which we will go into. I'm going to talk about dissociation first. So essentially it's the way the brain responds to adverse life events. We're going to talk about how it can be part of binge eating or binge purge behavior. Our brain learns to dissociate as a way to protect ourselves. Now, along this spectrum, I'll also just mention that there is disorders with dissociation that aren't dissociative identity disorders. So you've got dissociative amnesia, you've got dissociation, depersonalization, and these can be symptoms of other mental health conditions as well as their own disorder. So that whether or not it's a disorder comes down to, does the dissociation affect your day-to-day functioning and do you meet the other criteria for it? Now, dissociation is often how an individual protects themselves from being emotionally or physically overwhelmed. Therefore, many people who dissociate do not feel present in their body. And sometimes dissociation doesn't turn off, even though the distressing event is over. The brain can get stuck in trauma time and continue to use dissociation to cope with everyday stresses. So for example, if you're going along your day and you have been through a traumatic incident or something that can trigger a trauma response, your brain may actually disconnect you or you might feel disconnected to try to protect you from what it perceives to be dangerous. People with eating disorders engage in behaviors that can bring on dissociation, such as binging, mindless eating, and purging behavior. Dissociation and eating disorder behaviors can actually be a way to survive and cope with intrusive traumatic memories. In my book, I describe a binge eating episode as a trance. You're just in this hypnotic trance. It feels as though no one can pull you away. And I remember once a psychotherapist said to me, not even white knights could pull you away from a binge. And I've never forgotten that because I really understand what that means. Next question, how can trauma be an underlying factor in people who struggle with binge eating and binge purging behavior? Now I get asked a lot, is binge eating all linked to trauma? Are eating disorders because of trauma? No, that's not the case. For me, I never went through some massive trauma incident, but when we look back, there's something called big T trauma and small t trauma. So your big T trauma are those massive events, natural disasters, uh, rape, neglect, abuse, all of that. And then there's something called small t traumas, which is bullying or having undiagnosed ADHD. And they're sort of the buildup of things that still can have a traumatic impact, but The issue is many people think that trauma is just big T trauma and so they will minimize or discredit or sort of disqualify what they've been through because it's not one of the big T's. But little T traumas, when you've got accumulation of that, that can affect you just the same. Now, trauma can be an underlying factor for many mental health disorders. So it can be linked especially to substance abuse, depression, anxiety, and eating disorders. Trauma is a negative life experience 
that continues to make you not feel present in your body. So it's not the actual event that happens. It's your body's response to the event. So if an individual is frequently triggered or has PTSD symptoms, food might tie into this because they might use food to decrease their distress, avoid their feelings, or distract themselves from intrusive images and thoughts. So we know binge eating and even binge purge behaviors can help someone temporarily escape through dissociation. However, the use of this strategy or problems causes more problems in the long run. So then you're dealing with an eating disorder when actually the eating disorder is a function of the trauma or dissociation. So it's very important. And this is why I say to people, stop trying to stop the binge eating. We need to understand it. We need to understand its function. And then we need to meet that need in a more adaptive way because it is serving a need. And if you try to stop that, you're trying to stop your brain's way of coping and that can exacerbate the issue. Let's talk about DID and eating disorder because I don't want people to get the word dissociation confused with dissociative identity disorder, but I thought I would include this as it's very interesting. So DID, as mentioned, was previously known as multiple personality disorder, and there's a great movie called Identity if you want to watch it. The movie Split also depicts DID as well. There's some great movies on it, and this is when people switch alters or personalities, and these personalities can have distinct eating disorders, distinct preferences. They can have different eyesight prescriptions. It's a very, very fascinating disorder. And it is quite rare as far as we know, only about 1% of the population have it. And it is complex. It's complex. It's not something you would typically see in private practice, uh, but it's very fascinating and interesting. And all it is, is it's extreme, extreme dissociation. So from a young age, If someone went through significant trauma, significant abuse, the brain learns to separate and the separation of the brain forms these other parts or personalities that help to deal with the trauma. So you might, a child might imagine, you know, that they're this tall, big, strong person that can handle the abuse or that, you know, the cat is there or something like that. So The brain is very powerful and it creates these different alters or personalities to protect the brain and protect the person from that trauma. Now, people with DID have disruptions in consciousness, memory, identity, or perception. So people experience switching between alters or personalities and these personalities can have, yeah, their own eating disorders, their own, uh, as mentioned, different it's crazy what they, what they've found. Now this has significant impacts as you can imagine, because when someone switches from altar to altar, they don't necessarily remember it. They have uh, a lot of issues, you know, controlling it, memory gaps, etc. Now, look, if someone has an altar with an eating disorder, what they will notice is someone may have rapid switches in eating. So individuals with dissociative identity may have a a personality that binge eats and then another personality that restricts. You can tell this if there are weight fluctuations. You can tell this if there is psychological distress. You can tell this if there's amnesia, if there's memory gaps. But this is a very mentioned, remember, rare disorder 
So I wanted to make sure I covered did and explained it. So I want you to note that dissociative eating in the context of did is complex and quite rare, whereas eating and feeling dissociated on the other hand is something people commonly report. They're not being present. They're not aware. They're thinking about the next thing. So remember, dissociation is a state of disconnection from reality. If you think of dissociation on that spectrum, as I mentioned, you've got daydreaming and then dissociation is in the middle and then did is on the far end. Now, dissociation is feeling numb when you should be experiencing emotion. It's when your experience seems unreal or surreal as if you're watching yourself rather than experiencing your life. You feel detached from what is going on and as though you're sleepwalking through a fog. So some people may report that they feel like they're in a movie, they feel like things aren't real. And then there's depersonalization, which is a step further, but I'm just going to stick with dissociation today. Now, what's the link between dissociation and emotional eating? The link is many dysregulated eaters will bounce back and forth between two states. They might be wildly emotional or feeling detached and numb or not feeling at all. Now, both may be a product of traumatic experiences. For some people, it may not be. It may just be a self-soothing mechanism. So it's important not to diagnose yourself or label yourself from any of this. But trauma can lead to mindless eating, emotional eating, or binge eating. So by understanding why this happens to your mind and body, which is what we do in our program, you'll be better able to understand and recognize these states, cope with them more effectively, and manage your eating more appropriately. We know that emotional states are often called fight or flight. So this is hyper arousal. So remember, you've got this window of tolerance, what you can tolerate. Your hyper arousal is your fight or flight. It's your state of increased psychological and physiological tension. And in that state, you feel more anxious. You feel an exaggerated startled response. You have insomnia, you have fatigue. And hyperarousal occurs when you're highly agitated and you're overwhelmed and you can't think straight. Remember, when we're in fight or flight, our brain, our thinking brain, our smart brain goes offline. So this is why people can often be very critical. Once they calm down or they stop binge eating, they can be very self-critical. Why don't I have control? Why am I doing this? When you're in that state of binge eating, your smart brain has gone offline and you can't access that. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Now, these states may occur when the brain is overwhelmed with painful stimuli. So we know 
trauma, abusive situations, serious car accidents, etc. And remember, they're your body's natural way to try to protect you. So instead of getting angry at yourself the next time you feel you're mindlessly eating, just say, this is my body trying to protect me and I need to remind my body that I am safe and that I am okay. So whilst it's appropriate to experience these states during a crisis, it's damaging for them to occur when you are safe emotionally or physically, but the brain can't tell the difference between is she really safe, is he really safe, when you're thinking about all the work you got to do or that email or the stress that you might have for the day. So many dysregulated eaters find that they're falling into this for decades, even after traumatic incidents have taken place because your body's just using that as a coping mechanism. Now, just remember emotional eating, it can be dissociative, but it can also be very functional and adaptive. It's just when it's dissociation, it's the ability for the brain to separate from pain right? When you're in an accident, your brain can block physical pain in order to survive. Our brain can do the same with emotional pain. Sometimes it's needed and sometimes it doesn't. So when is dissociative eating bad? Well, essentially when it's impacting your life, if you're not feeling fully present, if you're not enjoying the food, if you're spending heaps of money on food, if you're using it as a consistent tool to comfort, numb or distract us from emotional pain, that's when it's a problem. Whereas emotional eating is functional and adaptive when you're having ice cream after a breakup or you go to the movies with your friends and you eat way too much popcorn or you're feeling upset with your work for the day. So you go out and have a burger. I don't want to demonize emotional eating. As mentioned in the right context, it's absolutely fine and okay. As long as you're not feeling guilty, you're not overcompensating, you're not mentally restricting, you're not binging and purging. So remember, occasionally using food to separate from pain isn't a big deal. I don't know a single person who doesn't do this. I even do it and I honor it and I accept it. Last week when I had my crises all happen at once, I said, I'm going to need, you know, a big burger. Like that's just what's going to make me feel really good and comfortable and etc. So the bigger issue is that these patterns with food often begin early in life when food is the only means of control or escape we have in our environment. The emotional connection to food forms strong neural pathways in our brain when used frequently. So as a child, it's usually the most earliest learned coping mechanism, right? You go to the dentist, well done, have a lollipop. Well, back in my day, we did. Uh, Or your parents, don't cry, have this, or your grandparents. And it's, I guess, what a child has access to, what is there, often what parents control in some households. So that's why it is such a common used coping mechanism. So the issue is when we just use food to cope, it forms more stronger neural pathways in the brain. So what that means is, as Dr. Joe Dispenza says, neurons that fire together get wired together. So the more you use binge eating when you feel emotional pain, the more those neural networks get strengthened. And this is why people find it's so difficult to change a habit because they are so strong. And even though cognitively or mentally they want to change something, the brain is just so conditioned to act in that certain way. Now, when it gets to this point, other coping mechanisms 
like challenging your thoughts or uh, going for a walk or whatever it is, they get weak, almost like an unused muscle. So it's about remembering that we have to strengthen our other coping by doing it more often to enhance those neural networks. And it's going to feel super hard in the beginning. For example, anyone who quits smoking, it's going to feel super hard in the beginning. But over time, the more and more you go, the easier it's going to get. The other reason it's so hard is because if you're numbing yourself or your emotions with food, you then must deal with the emotion from binge eating. So as we know, emotions in binge eating is guilt, shame, anxiety, worry about putting on weight. Now you've got to deal with that. So that's even distracting us from the primary cause and the root cause. So remember, a little bit of emotional eating is okay. So how do we deal with this? If you think you're a dissociative eater or you're a little bit extreme when it comes to this, know that there is support. We address this in food freedom and I want to give you some strategies today. The key is we need to break the cycle. We need to be vulnerable to our emotions and this is going to cause a little bit of discomfort. But practically what you need, number one, is to establish routine around food. We need regular meal times and regular structure because this can reduce binge eating, emotional eating, etc. The second thing is avoid dieting. Diets perpetuate disordered eating behavior. So practically you want to have a good foundation with food. That's the first thing. Then the third thing you need is awareness. So noticing when you start to mindlessly eat or dissociatively eat, what are your signs? Is it that you're stressed? Is it that your heart is racing? Is it that you're not tasting the food anymore? What is it for you? And this takes time to build awareness and you can download my free binge tracker if you want to start to build your awareness. But yes, this is going to be confronting and it's going to be hard. So that brings me to the next point is compassionate self-talk because a lot of dissociative eating is influenced by self-loathing. Oh my God, I hate myself for doing this. So that's going to cause more dysregulation, which is going to perpetuate the disordered eating even further. Now, challenging negative self-talk and self-compassion takes practice. So just remember, am I being self-critical? Because being self-critical is like trying to put out a fire with gasoline. It's actually going to make the situation worse. And the final thing I'll suggest is mindful eating, which involves paying full attention to the taste, the texture, and experience of your food without judgment. It's about becoming more aware of your hunger cues, your fullness cues. And we have a whole mindful eating module as well in food freedom. In summary, I want you to know that you're not alone. You are worth seeking support. And if there was one thing I wish people knew is that recovery really is possible. And it's just about peeling back these layers of what is going on for you. And if you want help with this, if you want to know more about the program, just email me at foodfreedom at mindfoodsteph.com. The email is below, but otherwise I hope you give these strategies a go. I hope you are enjoying the food in abundance without being self-critical. And if you'd like to know more, or you have a podcast request, just let me know. I would love to do them. Thank you so much for being here. As always, leave a review, leave a rating. I really appreciate it. Take care and I'll see you in the next episode.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.